You're listening to the Mountains and Mustard Seeds podcast, your instigator for conversations on the Christian faith, the Bible, and how we can apply it to our lives. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Mountains and Mustard Seeds. I'm your host, Erica Kambitz, and I'm so grateful that you chose to listen today. Thanks for joining. Some of you have asked a couple questions that I just wanted to clarify before we jump into today's episode. Oftentimes, the scripture that I am reading is ESV version, and unless otherwise noted, that's just the version that I use kind of all the time when I read scripture. And some of you have also asked who the voiceover is in the beginning, because clearly that is not my voice. Um, That is my sweet friend, Henry, who also has his own podcast. It's called My Day Off Podcast. And Henry is a worship pastor in North Carolina, and he also has started a podcast just a few months before I did. So Henry has been a dear friend for probably the last decade, and we have just had a really fun long-distance friendship that we talk about what God's doing in our lives, and we have read each other's blogs over the years, and now we listen to each other's podcasts. So if you get a chance to check that out, he would love the support, and so would the friends that he's interviewed on his podcast, too. So today we are talking about the phrase, walk with God, and I'm excited for this one because I think the phrase walk with God is used in a lot of different ways in the Christian world. Sometimes it's used kind of as a general term to talk about your faith. Someone might say, how is your walk with God going? Um, And sometimes people might use it as advice when you're asking, I don't know what to do about this certain circumstance. Um, If you're trying to make a decision, I've had some friends say, walk with God. And like, that's their advice for me. So I'm excited to dig into this today because it has been a huge part of my own life. And again, I think when we look at the scripture and we see where these phrases come from, they just provide a lot more depth to our understanding of it and and our understanding when other people use it too. So as always, I am going to read through some verses and we'll talk a little bit about where this term is specifically used in scripture um, and then we'll also talk about ways it's, it's kind of indirectly referenced or inferred, and then we'll talk about the implications for our own life, and I'll give you a few kind of anecdotes or examples from my own journey, too. So starting back in Genesis, Genesis 3.8 says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So, From the beginning of scripture, the Bible tells us that God walked with Adam and Eve, that he actually walked among them. And um, yeah, I just think that that is a really sweet thing to keep in mind as we talk about this today and as we read different references that oftentimes it can feel like we use these terms in very philosophical or esoteric ways, but really the the first references that we have are quite literally walking alongside God, just like you would walk alongside a friend or a spouse or walk your dog. It's the same term. So it's important to not over-spiritualize some of these things because it means exactly what it says. The next example we have uh, in scripture in Genesis is with Enoch. 
And this is in Genesis 5, 22 through 24. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had, another, and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So again, the reference here is crazy, first of all, if, you, if you, we want to get into that. Um, someone living 300 years and then living... <laughs> And then just being no more, it's kind of crazy. But um, yeah, here it's almost used as though it was a lifestyle, which is important to note. The next time we see this reference is with Noah in Genesis 6-9, and it says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. So again, referencing that even someone's lifestyle can be walking with God, that every aspect of his life was in step with or in tune with God. Micah 6.8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. So again, there it's that reference is used as, again, a way of, of telling us how to live, is that we are to walk with God. And we'll talk about what that means specifically. I just think it's helpful that we understand where these phrases come from in scripture and that they actually do have origins in scripture too. And then Leviticus 26, 12 says, uh, this is God speaking to the Israelites. And I will walk among you and will be your God and you shall be my people. And this is God's promise that even though they have been banished from the Garden of Eden and even though they have been scattered and enslaved in Egypt, that God is still promising that he will be in their presence and that he will, he will journey them and he will accompany them in their lives. And, um, yeah, so I think two kind of sweet things that we take from the Old Testament when looking at these scriptures is that God promises that he will be with us, walking alongside us, and that we are also told or um, encouraged that this is a lifestyle, that it's not just every once in a while, you know, oh, we might walk alongside God, but that it really is something, it really is a way of life, and that God desires to do that with us too. So now before I read a ton of scripture in the New Testament, um, I thought it would be important just to talk about the actual definition of walking it's something we do every day, and I think coming back to what words mean and the implications that those have can, again, just really help to provide imagery to what we talk about in scriptures, and um, I found that for me, providing imagery or metaphors or word pictures to scripture oftentimes helps establish it or just kind of cement it into my brain, and so as we talk about walking, um, what does that mean? The Webster defines walking as to advance or travel on foot, to proceed by steps, or to move by advancing. So we'll talk about kind of the implications for that later, but as we read through all these scriptures for the New Testament, bear that in mind, that when we say to walk, we are um, advancing, we are moving forward, we are proceeding, and the New Testament talks a lot about this and how we are to walk. So 
as always. If you have your Bibles, get them out. If you are driving in the car or if you're walking in between classes, I encourage you to go back and read all of these in context later. I'm mostly just going to be referencing the verse or two that is specifically talking about how to walk. And I love reading verses in context, but I have probably about 15 verses I'm reading today. So for your own ears and for the the length of the podcast, I'm just going to reference those few scriptures today. So bear with me as we read them, and then we will talk. I'll give a good summary at the end of what all of those have to say about walking specifically. So again, just like God talked about walking among Adam and Eve and walking with his people at the beginning of the Old Testament, I think it's really cool that Jesus kind of imitates that and sets the precedence with the disciples when he says to follow me. So in Matthew 4, 19, he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And this was oftentimes how Jesus would call his disciples. They would literally get up from what they were doing and they would join him and they would walk with him. And that's how they traveled. That's how they spoke to people, was on foot. Um, And so, again, Jesus is providing this really sweet continuity between the God we see in the Old Testament and the God we see in the New Testament, that they're one and the same. They desire to be with us, and they desire to walk alongside us and to journey with us in life, and they both provide an invitation to do that. John 8, 12 says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Romans 6, 4, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Romans 8, 1 through 4, This is one of my favorites. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of spirit has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but who walk according to the spirit." 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Ephesians 2, 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ephesians 4, 1, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Ephesians 5, 8. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Philippians 3, 17 through 18. Brothers, join me in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have told you, for many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you with even tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, 
abounding in thanksgiving. And 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Christ and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Okay, so if you ever want any of those scripture references, I can send it to you from my notes. So be happy to get those into your hands so you can be reading your Bible more. To summarize, what do we learn from the New Testament as how we are to walk? We are to walk in the light. We are to walk in newness of life. We are to walk according to the Spirit. We are to walk by faith and in good works that God has prepared for us. We are to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we've been called as Christians. We are to walk in love. We are to walk as children of light. We are to walk in Christ, rooted in him, following his example, abounding with thanksgiving. So again, I love if we take kind of what we learn. So God loves to be present with us. He invites us to walk with him. He invites to be present with us. And then the scripture gives us really specific examples of what that looks like. What are kind of the implications of that when we kind of tie it all together? If walking means to advance or to progress, then our walk with God or what our lives look like should be kind of this ever advancing forward movement or action with God in step with him. Um, Really, you should think about it as a continual advancing in your faith and not in a hierarchical sense or um, I'm farther along or I'm higher above than anyone else, but just it should constantly be moving forward. Um, I think it also implies that it's an action. Again, that it's this, you know, it's this personal or it's this individual thing. I can't walk for you. You can't walk for me. Sometimes we might need help, um, but the action of walking is something that you have to do on your own. Even as you watch a young kid learn how to walk, they they struggle and they fall down and they might have people coaching them or cheering them on from the sidelines, but that child has to learn how to walk on their own. And similarly, in our own lives, we have to learn how to do that. And we, we need people cheering us on and coaching us and encouraging us from the sidelines and maybe every once in a while coming alongside us and, um, and walking with us. And I really believe that's what discipleship is and that it really is meant to be the process of, of joining someone in their walk with God, walking alongside them, journeying with them in life, and following the example that we have in Scripture of what that looks like, of living in light and love and in the good works that God has prepared for us. And if you go for a walk with your friends and you actually cover distance, or if you are walking for travel, there's a direction and there's a purpose and... Um, especially when you walk alongside a friend, when I've gone on walks with my friends, I usually talk with them and we also have to be in agreement about which direction we're going. So if we get to a stop sign and we both go different ways, we're no longer walking together. So in the same way in our lives, there's a, there's a direction, there's a purpose in, in our walk with God. And it's meant to be a relational building part of our journey that God wants to interact with us, who wants to reveal things to us in our lives. And we can trust that no matter which way we go, he is going to be with us. Um, I think it's a really fun um, to think about our lives as a spiritual journey. 
And I oftentimes look back at my life and think, man, I would have been in a completely different place had I taken that job. Or my life would have gone in a really different direction had I um, chose not to go on that trip or had I chose not to become friends with that person. And so if you think about your life as a journey or as kind of this path, um, I think sometimes for us, we can get so bogged down in just normal everyday life that we forget that God is right there with us and he is guiding us and he longs to direct us, but we, um, we can forget that or we can be so distracted by other things that we're not listening to him. And so um, we'll talk later on in the podcast about what it means to listen to the voice of God and to discern his will. Um, but I think maybe an over, oversimplified way to think about it right now is if God is walking alongside you and you are in constant prayer and you're looking to scripture and you're seeking his wisdom in the midst of things, you can guarantee that he is with you no matter what. Um, some good examples I think I have in my own life. Um, I remember when I was a student at Ohio State, my friend Laura always used to give me the advice to walk with God. I would be like, Laura, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Am I supposed to go to work with Nestle for this great engineering job that God has set before me? Or am I supposed to go do summer mission in Chicago? And she would say, well, you need to walk with God, which was so aggravating to me. I would be like, seriously, I want you to tell me. Like, I want someone to have a big neon sign that says, go this way. And I think a lot of us feel like that in our spiritual journeys, but there aren't neon glowing signs. And God isn't going to write it in the sky for us. Um, But if we are in communion with him, if we are in prayer, and if we're inviting other people into that prayer too, it makes it, it makes it a little bit easier, not always, um, to help discern what that is. And um, I think also that God is really quick to show us if we have chosen something that is not not in step with what He wants for us. So this example I've given you of of my uh, <laughs> my decision to take this engineering job or to go do a summer mission was a really good example. So. And I'll, and I'll say this too, this, this is one example in myriad examples of my life where I thought I was doing what God wanted me to do, and I believed I was in prayer, and I was in step, and I was following him, and I made a decision that ultimately kind of got reversed. And I say that so that you don't have um, anxiety about making decisions, um, knowing that God will be with you no matter what you decide, and he can be glorified in anything in your life. And if, if there's really something he has in store, he's going to make it happen. So you don't need to worry and have the stress of making the right or the wrong decision when you come to kind of these turning points in your life. So I had just finished an internship with Anheuser-Busch for about two and a half years. And um, I had been interviewing for other internships and kind of through a series of uncanny events, I'll call it. Um, I got this job with Nestle and I felt like it was against all the odds. Like I shouldn't have gotten this job. There was no way they had like gotten my wrong email. And yet I went to this recruiting event and they were like, we were trying to get a hold of you and you're the girl that we want to interview. And, um, 
then I like didn't make the cut, but then other people didn't take it. So then they called me. And I mean, it just was, it was one of those things where it was like, man, I think I'm really supposed to have this job. I remember my friend saying, I think actually that's not God's plan for your summer. To which I would just kind of throw up my hands in frustration. Like, who are you to tell me like what God's will is for my life? Right. Um, and shook it off, laughed and kind of went on with my plan. And, um, God really is sweet in pursuing us when we were walking with him to gently nudge us or kind of pull us back in the direction he wants us to go. And again, I say this all with a caveat of, could the Lord have been glorified through me going to work for Nestle? Absolutely. Absolutely. Was the Lord glorified in me working as an engineer all the other years I did? Absolutely. Like, there's no question about it. But the reality is, if God is nudging you and doing something in your heart, walking with him looks like listening to that and following it and carrying that out and not just continually being stubborn like I was. So I went to um, a retreat for freshmen and I was a fourth year senior at this time. So of course, you know, in my, in my humble state as a senior, I thought, here I am, I'm teaching the freshmen these things and we're here to help them and serve them. And unbeknownst to me, the Lord was doing a lot in my own heart to prepare me so a friend was talking about Christ's lordship in our life, um, which basically just means if he, is, if he is Lord, he's the one that is calling the shots, and he's the one that if he tells you to do it, you obey, um, which is a foreign concept to us today because we don't have lords and we don't um, necessarily operate out of a, a servant-master mentality. But again, another, another podcast for another time. But basically Luke was talking about how if God is calling us to do something, no matter what it is, are we really allowing him to do those things in our lives? And are we, are we listening to them? And I felt like in that moment, kind of in the depths of my heart, God was like, Erica, I want you to go to Chicago this summer and give up your engineering internship, which I legitimately laughed in my, like in my mind, like, ha ha God, very funny. Um, <laughs> it's, it is funny now, but, um, at the time I was like, this is just ridiculous. Well, I couldn't shake it. It kind of kept being this thing that, um, you know, it's like inception, like this idea that wants to take root, you can't get it out of your mind. And it really consumed my thoughts and my heart for probably the better part of the next month. And so I got to a place where I said, I can't shake this. I, I, need to per, I need to go through with this. I need to pursue and see what the Lord has in store for me. So I applied for summer mission and got accepted right away, of course. And simultaneously, I had reached out to another job that was in Chicago that would have allowed me to do summer mission and work an engineering job and kind of like totally forgot about it, like threw my resume out there, meanwhile still planning to go work for Nestle. So... My friend Mariah, who, if you ever listen to this, Mariah, I pray for you every day. Um, she is no longer walking with the Lord, but she was really influential for this um, in my life. And I'll never forget, she said, what if God wants you to give something up before he puts something else in your hands? To which for me, I just thought like, no, I'm not going to give up like what will be my source of income and what is going to help me in my career. Um why would I do that? Why would God ask me to give something up that I've been asking for? And God reminded me of Abraham and Isaac and um, 
again, I just, I felt like the Holy Spirit within me was just saying, Erica, you have to trust me and you have to trust that I have good things in store for you and um, that, that I'm going to be with you in the midst of this. So I'll never forget, I finally worked up the nerve to talk to my parents and my dad also said something I'll never forget. He said, if God is calling you to do this, who am I to stand in his way? I don't want to be the one that stops you if this is really what God wants for you. And um, with the full understanding that I was burning bridges and um, <laughs> beginning the, the suicide of my career in engineering, I called my HR person, told her that I felt led to do a missions trip this summer and that I needed to give back my, my internship to Nestle. And she was really encouraging too. So I just kept being surprised by all these people that were like, hey, that's awesome. That's great that that's what you want to do. And I'm like, you're the HR person. Aren't you supposed to be like, you're committing social suicide. You're committing career suicide. Why are you doing this? But she instead was really encouraging. So kind of all these things behind me. Um, and again, too, through this whole process, we're, you know, we're talking about walking with God. I was praying. I even fasted, I think, the day that I finally decided um, because I was like, I don't, I just want to be solely focused on what God is saying and the scripture that kind of kept coming up. And so I called my HR rep and felt incredible peace, maybe just because I had finally decided, but, um, I just was like, okay, like if I have to work in Chicago flipping burgers for the summer and not doing an engineering job, then so be it. Because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, like this is where God is calling me. And, um, and it was really hard too. It was not this really romanticized, awesome journey where, you know, I'm, you know, <laughs> frolicking, skipping through the, the woods, like with the butterflies around me and my hair is perfectly blowing in the wind. I mean, there were times where, you know, if, if we're going with the analogy of walking, I felt like I was throwing a temper tantrum and I had sat down in the, in the middle of the road and was like, no, I'm not going. You're going to have to drag me. And um, other times where I was like, maybe I can like find another road. <laughs> maybe there's like another way to do this and I'll just leave this one that I'm on and try to go find another one. But despite all of that, God was very patient and kind to me in the midst of it. And Never once did I feel um, abandoned by him. I, I was mad. I was frustrated. I was processing things with God. And I just was really honest. And so I think it's a good example that, yes, our, our walk with God, according to scriptures, should be one that's done in love and in light and modeling Christ. And that doesn't mean that it's not without struggle and without frustration and without honesty before the Lord because that's really what a true authentic relationship looks like. It's dynamic and it's messy and it is in process. Um, and I still have things like that to this day too. So um, anyway, just a, hopefully a helpful example of a real life walking with God. And sometimes it's not necessarily about a decision. Um, like we read in scriptures, it's a way of life. And so for the vast majority of my adult life up until the past couple years, I was single. And that, that was something that, talk about walking with God through a season of life and learning to trust him and 
learning to confide in him and depend on him and um, really, really trust his goodness in a time in my life where he didn't always seem good and he didn't seem like he was um, preparing things for me that I was very happy about. Um, but through that process of, of walking with him, I began to learn more of his character and more of what his heart looks like for me and, and to be dependent upon him above all other things. Um, and even now as a married woman, it's a, it's a new dynamic for me to, to walk with God in marriage. It's actually something I feel like I'm totally new at and I have no idea what I'm doing. Just kind of my encouragement to you um, for your own walk with God. If you feel like you need more concrete examples, I always try to have things that are helpful and practical. And um, this may not this may not be an episode that's entirely practical or helpful, but I think when we share our lives with each other and we share our stories, that can be really helpful. Just knowing that you're not alone, normalizing things um, like being frustrated with God, and and normalizing that it's a process too. I think. We can be so concerned with the end destination sometimes as Christians or just as uh, Western civilized people that we forget that the process is just as beautiful and sometimes even more rewarding. So um, for you in your own walk with God, I pray that you would learn to enjoy the process, that you would lean into whatever God has in front of you and that you would walk in courage and in boldness, knowing that he has given you his spirit. It's a, it's a fun adventure, my friends. And so I'm excited to see what God has in store um, for my own life next, for myself and my husband. I'm excited to hear what God has in store for you. And I would love to hear some stories. Maybe you have a story that needs to be shared, and I would be encouraged by that. Maybe other people would be encouraged by that. So would you if you, um, if you feel like you have one of those stories, would you please email me or DM me on Instagram or Facebook? I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear how God is at work in your life. Ultimately, that is the, that's the point of this podcast is that God would be glorified and that you would draw into a closer relationship with him. Thank you for listening to the Mountains and Mustard Seeds podcast. For more information, to suggest a topic for the podcast, or to ask Erica a question, please email podcast at mountainsandmustardseeds.faith or visit the website mountainsandmustardseeds.faith. Mm-hmm.